Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, hey, hey. What's the fuss and tell me what's a happening? This is Pyromaniac Mo coming at you for episode 8 of the Pyro Light Podcast. We are laying this one down late night, and it's going to hit the airwaves in the AM hours of August 28th, 2015. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo, and you can follow the rest of the boys at Pyromaniac. That is P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. I am, just as it sounds, all letters, Pyromaniac Mo. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to tell you, a piece of my soul has been missing as of late. I have been a, ba- a Robin without his Batman. I've been a beaver without his... Leave it? I've been the little dude that says, Deplane! Deplane! Without his Ricardo Montavon. I, Pyromaniac Mo, have been without my better podcast half, Stag Party. And now I have him back, and he is better than ever. And I want to sum up my feelings to Stag Party with this subtle homage. Hell, I need you. I'm a mess without you. I miss you so damn much. (laughs) I miss being with you. I miss being near you. I miss your laugh. (laughs) 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 I miss miss your scent. I miss your musk. When this all gets sorted out, I think you and me should get an apartment together. I think that sums it up best. That almost brings tears to my eyes. Ladies and gentlemen... Welcome back, Stag Party. How are you, sir? I'm Ron Burgundy. Like a professional, reading it right off the teleprompter. It's been two episodes, and I tell you what, buddy, if you want to meet somewhere between here and Chicago at a rest stop, let's just meet there and hug it out right now, because I am I am missing the heck out of you. What's been happening since we've talked last? Well, you know, basically just working on putting out the draft kit. Uh, it takes a little bit of... You know, man hours to put out a new version uh, because we wait for everybody's tiers to come in. And then off those tiers, we build the collective tiers. And then off the collective tiers, we build out all the other rankings for all, you know, all the other tabs in the draft kit. And it's quite extensive. So between uh, one version and the next, it's probably about 25 to 30 hours just of pure man labor, man on Excel. and yeah, you know, so been devoting all the time to that. Luckily, we've got one version left to go, and then we'll be able to settle down into a season groove, get those player write-ups out with Pyro Pro, uh, get you know all the weekly content that comes along with that Pyro Pro out, uh, you know, 
you'll be able to stream your matchups better than ever before with that SOS, with that uh, weekly pyro power rankings. You know, looking back at last week at targets, touches, and looks, looking back at top positional weeks, uh, you know, looking back every now and then on red zone numbers, you'll just be a fine-tuned fantasy Terminator. So anytime you can get like Arnold, I'm down for it. And that's what we're trying to help do, and that's what uh, – been working on the last couple of weeks. It's been a busy week on top of a, you know, day job. We are here to pump you up. Now, folks, I just completed another interview with Matt Harrison from League Save Post and Fantasy Football Weekly Radio Show. We dove into the rash of injuries that's been happening and really more so the fantasy implications. So if you're interested into seeing how this is going to affect some of the teams, all of the craziness that's been happening, check out that video. It's up on Pyromaniac website right now. That's with Matt Harrison from League Safe Post. Um, we go into some pretty deep talk about it. But just to catch you up on what's been happening lately, some Huey Lewis in the news and notes real down and dirty quick. Houston, of course, we've lost Foster. Uh, might not be out as long as originally thought. Maybe two to four weeks is uh, some reporting. Green Bay, Jordy Nelson, gone for the season. Washington, Niles Paul, boom, gone for the season. KB, that'd be Kelvin Benjamin in Carolina, boom, gone for the season. The Pyro hometown, Kevin White, White weeps collectively as he's starting on the pup many believe he's going to miss the season we shall see baltimore brashard perriman hurt on july 30th no timetable for return jets have something of a rash of injuries gino uh sucker punched although i guess it's your definition of a sucker punch he's expected to miss four games of the regular season stephen ridley's on the pup and daryl richardson suffered a concussion uh, we knew about the Brady four-game suspension, LeGarrette Blunt one game, Antonio Gates four, Le'Veon Bell two, and what did we hear about today? No, I wanted to talk about the other punch that Ick, Ick Bomb or whatever threw, or supposedly threw, back in college. Uh, so basically the story is, the guy Ick, uh, who broke Geno Smith's jaw, he apparently was going to pay a transvestite hooker to, you know, have some coitus with him. Once he discovered it was, you know, a man or, you know, somewhat of a man, depending on the situation. He he punched that guy, broke his broke his fist, and then it's pretty much out. Like you can't you can't you can't play on this stuff. And so he missed a couple games with a broken hand a couple years ago for punching somebody else. Folks, I've never had good luck paying transvestite hookers. Just word to the wise. Uh, Martavis Bryant. Give me the news on that one, Stags. It looks like he's going to be suspended four games. But it also looks like the team has known that he's going to be suspended for four games. So they've kind of, you know, been grooming and been talking up Marcus Wheaton and pushing him along you know, all off season and pushing the envelope with this guy, a guy who in their third year they think is going to take a step. But they've been just pushing his sort of envelope all off season. And I, I think there might have been something where they've been talking about this for a long, long time, trying to get it reduced, trying to get it reduced. And then finally we're just surfaced today that he's most likely going to be suspended for four games. 
The NFL hasn't put out uh, a statement yet saying that he is suspended, so there's still that slight chance that something might be knocked down. Uh, one of the issues coming out of him in the draft was some character issues, was some maturity issues, and he liked to smoke the little ganja, so he, he's a man after my own heart. Yeah, and we're seeing some of that catch up with him right now. Uh, so again, four games, but we shall see what will happen. So folks, as D-Day, that is draft day, nears, Stags and I thought we would combine our forces and essentially do a draft together. We're going to do a mock draft. Now on show 189 of the Heavy, we did a PPR. So today, Stags and I are doing 12-team standard scoring, so Standard everything except four points for passing touchdowns. Everything else is normal, six points, just like you always play. Going to be non-PPR, as I said. We're starting one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, and one flex, which could be running back, wide receiver, tight end, kicker, and D. Now, just to note, this is like many in ESPN. Of course, they can set them how you, how you, how you want, but this is like many in ESPN. So just to note, it is only two wide receivers, two running backs, one quarterback, and then again, the flex could be a running back, wide receiver, or a tight end. So we've gone out of the seventh spot. Thus far, you've got pretty much who you would think. AP went first, Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell, Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch, and then Gronk went sixth. Now we are up. Yeah, Mo, we're also doing this on the uh, Fantasy Pros Fantasy Draft Wizard uh, application. It's great. It's a great mock draft tool. Uh lets you do it in just a couple minutes. And if, you know, you want to talk about it, there's really no better place to do it than on Fantasy Draft Wizard. It gives you a, a bunch of different options. Uh, for scoring, you know, we could have done it standard. We could have done a PPR. We could have changed our lineup a little bit and, you know, gone outside the normal sort of standard here. But I, I think it's just a great app. Uh, but talking about our pick, you know, we've got every single receiver still on the board. The top guys for us, the top guys for everybody. You know, Antonio Brown's still on the board. Des Bryant's still on the board. Our boy Julio is still on the board. But then, there's also a C.J. Anderson still on the board, who I think I've got up to, you know, running back four as of today. And since I only have to get two receivers to start, uh, that kind of skews my my hopes a little bit and makes me think, you know, C.J. Anderson would be my preferred choice here. In a PPR, I would definitely go a different route. I would definitely uh, take the... Uh, Five for 50 every game of an Antonio Brown. Lock that in. But uh, my choice would be for C.J. Anderson with the first overall pick, or for our first overall pick, uh, not the first overall. I, I'm getting close to thinking that he might go number one in some drafts, though. He's just looked really good except for that little ankle injury, and that offense just looks like it's going to hum around him. What do you think, Mel? I'm a big C.J. Anderson lover. Uh, I've kind of got five running backs that, if they're available, I'm taking them. And C.J. Anderson is definitely one of those guys. Uh, just interesting to note, Gronk went sixth. I know some people are all over him, but sixth is, is pretty early. 
So once again, we've got basically all running backs off the board and Gronk, and I've got no problem going C.J. Anderson. Uh, we're locking that up for our first running back pick. Ooh. We had a couple guys coming off the board here. You know, DeMarco goes fairly early right after uh, C.J. Anderson, and then, you know, that little run of wide receivers that happens at the end of the round. Uh, and then McCoy comes off the board. So the top available running back right now, it looks like uh, uh, CJ or Jeremy Hill is the top available running back. And uh, at wide receiver, you know, we've got a litany of options. So how about you list those off for us, Mo? Wide receiver, uh, we've got A.J. Green, Randall Cobb, Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, it is interesting to note um, – Julio Jones, he went off at 2.4. That is exactly where ESPN has him ranked. But I will say that I like a fantasy football calculator. They've got Julio bumped all the way up into the first round, ninth pick of the first round. So, you know, it depends on where you go. Um, but Julio is starting to sneak up as LaShawn McCoy is starting to slide down a little bit. Uh, LaShawn McCoy went third pick of the second round here. So we've already locked up CJ Anderson. So we've got now in my book, we've already got our RB number one. Personally, I think RB two is not nearly as important. I want to load up my draft strategy often is loading up on running backs later. I want to get the most running backs by far, but at this point I would probably, probably be looking to go wide receiver. Uh, again, A.J. Green, Randall Cobb, Alshon, Mike Evans. What are you thinking, Stags? Uh, my draft strategy is I want to come out of the first two rounds with players I feel very comfortable about. Uh, watching Jeremy Hill play you know, in that game on Monday night scared the crap out of me. And watching A.J. Green on Monday night scared the crap out of me. So I... Like I've got recency bias, like a like a mother drucker right now. Uh, now we we always say right, you got to have a short term memory, and I will say that Jeremy Hill, he's one of my top five. So to lock up a C.J. Anderson and a Jeremy Hill, I'm that's awful tempting, awful tempting. So you got to have a short term memory. What do you think, buddy? I mean, I, I've got Jeremy Hill at seven. He's out of my top five. Uh, they, it, I did like to see some things in that offense. I did like to see those couple dump down opportunities that they got them. Uh, you know, that made them look like a weapon that they were going to use all the time. The word on the street is, you know, Geo could be used more on punt returns, more on kick returns, and that's how they're thinking about getting them the ball, which makes me really worried about. They're worried about, you know, they think Jeremy Hill is going to be the bell cow, so they're worried about. You know how they're going to get Geo the ball, and they're trying to make ways for it. But with the recent injury to a Jordy Nelson, I I I push up Randall Cobb a little bit. I think he's still a hair behind AJ Green, but due to my recency bias, I would actually select go off my tiers a little bit and select AJ Green or Randall Cobb ahead of AJ Green. I think I'll end up uh, moving Cobb ahead of A.J. Green on my next version of Tears after doing this mock draft. See, uh, Cincinnati did look bad. I don't think Hill particularly looked bad. A.J., he had one pop right out of his hands. 
Now, again, while I think the running back is the most volatile position, there's always guys coming out of the woodworks. Chances are if I've got two of my top five running backs staring me in the face and Hill is one of my top five, I would go with them. But as you say, with all the injuries, uh, the injury in Green Bay, so that bumps up Randall Cobb, the injury in Chicago, bumping up Alshon Jeffrey. I've got no problem going with Cobb, Jeffrey, or Hill in this situation. Uh, yeah, and at this point, you know, Alshon's not healthy himself. Pretty much every receiver on the Bears roster is hurt. Uh, Marcus Wilson's on the shelf, and so is Eddie Royal. So if you're a believer in an Alshon Jeffrey, now would be a time to grab him as he, he could get an even greater share of the targets. But I think, you know, Randall Cobb only got in the 120s last season. Now if he bumps up to the 150s, who knows what he's going to do. And while I thought he was going to have some regression in the touchdown department originally, uh, without Jordy Nelson, I don't know if that's the case. So Randall Cobb is going to be my choice for the pick here. Yeah, I, I will tell the folks that uh, Aaron Rodgers, he is gone. He's the first quarterback uh, that was taken. He went in the first round. Um, running backs, we're looking at Jeremy Hill. Um, don't even go to the next tier. You're right. Don't even, right. It's not even worth it. So I would rate him. I would probably go with Hill, Cobb, Jeffrey, but I've got no problem going with Cobb. Pulling the trigger on Randall. Randall. Do it. Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. Bow, 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 out. Click the draft button. She is keeping up with us. So, so far we've locked up our running back with C.J. Anderson in the first. Again, we picked seventh. And then we locked up uh, our wide receiver with Randall Cobb in the second. Um, some names that you would expect. You know, Jeremy Hill went, my boy, for set went not too many running backs. Lamar Gore Ingram in the um, second round. Justin Forsett went, and I gotta tell you, when he's going in the second round, I just I think you're better off selecting a wide receiver there. I know you're a big believer in uh, the second round uh, wide receiver. Um, I I'm a big believer in Forsett, but again, that running back two spot, I would rather I think lock up a running back number one and then a wide receiver number one before I turned to running back number two, unless the situation presents itself like, you know, it did with Hill there. But I'm, I'm totally cool with Cobb. So we've got Anderson and Cobb. Now we've got staring at us in the face. The best quarterback available would be Russell Wilson. That's not, fair. That's not even on my radar right now. Nor I, as nor me. I'm just telling the folks what's out there. Manning's gone. Rogers gone. Luck is gone. Running backs, best ones out there. We've got Alf Morris, Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Jonathan Stewart, even a Joseph Randall. For wide receivers, we've got Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Brandon Cook, Manuel Sanders, Andre Johnson. Um, who are you thinking here in the third round? Uh, by the way, Jordan Matthews, he has been sneaking up into the third round, folks. He recently, uh, just last month, he was a fourth round Fella, and he is now a third-round guy. He went fourth pick of the third round. So uh, who are you thinking right now? Wide now, receiver, running back. Now I've got that bias where it's like, well, 
If I knew I couldn't get Mike Evans in the third round, I would have gone with Jeremy Hill in the second. Right. But, you know, he's staring you in the face. He's the best player available by far. And, you know, with recent injuries uh, and him being out for the rest of the preseason, you're going to get him a couple picks later than you did a week ago. And, you know, I'm still all for it. I think he's a top 10 wide receiver in terms of, Here's what makes up a top 10 wide receiver. We wrote an article today for Fantasy Pros. And we did a little segment last night on what makes up a top 10 fantasy receiver. And the thing is, they have to score touchdowns. They've got to be a double-digit touchdown threat to be in the top 10, or else they're just not worth it. And Evans is definitely a guy who could have double-digit touchdowns again this season. And you got to think his yards could climb a little bit. And he's going to be more consistent in his second year. And he's just one of those guys I'm going to love watching every week dominate uh, at the point of attack. I hear you. And uh, uh, we've got him. We locked him up. So thus far, folks, we've got C.J. Anderson in the first, Randall Cobb in the second, Mike Evans in the third. I will say, as I said, Jordan Matthews, he's crept up into the the third. Devontae Adams, guys, with the Green Bay injury. Wasn't too long ago, he was going, according to the FFC Fantasy Football Calculator, he was going ninth round, third pick. According to Fantasy Football Calculator, Devontae Adams is currently going ninth pick of the fourth round, which we're in, and ESPN rankings have him ninth pick of the fifth round. I mean, I'd love to get Devontae Adams as my flex, but we've got a pretty big hole here at running back two. To where I'd like to go, you know, that position. I haven't really looked at the board yet to see who's available, to see who we could potentially, uh, you know, snag out of here. That would be a big, you know, coup for us. Well, so, I will say we've got available running backs. Carlos Hyde, Joseph Randall, TJ Yeldon, Abdullah, Gurley, Spiller, Ivory. I'll cut it off there. Uh, just so we're aware, Abdullah, he himself is a sneaky little son of a gun. Um, now, Fantasy Football Calculator, they're on it. They've got him going third pick of the fourth round. Uh, ESPN has the dude going in the eighth round. ESPN actually has Joyke Bell rated higher. What I mean, do you I, think, what I do you think can, about that? I could definitely see that. There's reasons for it. Uh, you know, Joey Bell might not be the sexy pick, but he's going to get like 800 yards rushing, 400-ish yards passing, and then, oh, receiving, excuse me, D-Rex tried to correct me for that yesterday. And then he's going to get, you know, 8 to 10 touchdowns and be a solid contributor for you. That is, if he ever gets back on the field. And the thing is, I don't think that Amir Abdullah will be a bell cow back should Joyke Bell go out. I think they'll split up carries, still use Amir Abdullah in the Reggie Bush type role um, like they want. But at this point, here's how I rank them. It's pretty close. They're all in my same tier. So it's my tier six starts with Justin Forsett, who was taken in the second round, and then TJ Yeldon, Joseph Randall, Carlos Hyde, and Amir Abdullah. And those are like four of the top available. I have TJ Yeldon the highest. But the question is, I haven't seen T.J. Eldon yet. So he's supposed to play this weekend, and hopefully he plays well and sells me and solidifies this spot. 
or else by the time my last ranking is tears comes down, he's going to be one guy to fall. Well, and I tell you what, Shoelace didn't look all bad in the preseason. So I'm not so sure TJ Yeldon is going to get all the work that we exactly thought he was going to get. Shoelace looked good, and he may be something of a third down back. Uh, Just to let people know in the fourth round so far, uh, running backs, running backs, running backs, Alfred Morris, uh, Jay Stu, LeGarrette Blunt, Andre Ellington, and then we had our fifth quarterback go. So Andrew Luck, Rogers, Wilson, Manning, and Breeze are all gone. On our team so far, we've got C.J. Anderson, so we need another running back. We've got Randall Cobb and Mike Evans. Now, I will say draft strategy-wise, Stags, uh, personally, if we're starting, now keep in mind we've got a flex, but if we're starting two wide receivers, I'm thinking I want maybe four or five tops. That's kind of my thought. I want to load up on a lot of running back lotto tickets. Running backs that are left, we've got Carlos Hyde, as we said, TJ Yeldon, Abdullah. Um, now, Brandon Cooks is kind of staring you in the face. He could be a nice flex play. Now, if I'm just looking at the board, I'm a hometown boy. I'd, I'd be really torn between TJ Yeldon and Abdullah at running back. We need another. Or I really like Brandon Cooks. He could be our flex guy. I would go with Brandon Cooks just based on tier value. Uh, I think he'd be a solid, solid. The, the fact that it's not a PPR, though, it's not really scaring me off. Is I think he could have like 1,100 or 1,200 receiving yards. I'm not sure any of these running backs can get to that point. And I think I'll just be dynamic enough to where he gets, you know, mid-tier, mid, mid-level production in terms of touchdowns, you know, seven or eight. So as a flex, a guy who I'm going to enjoy, and he's going to get a few rush attempts. He's that kind of dynamic player. Plus, with the four guys I have left in that tier, it makes me think maybe one of them can come around. It might not be the case, but there's nobody in Brandon Cooks' tier that's going to come around. Well, I think we're sitting pretty with running backs, Randall Cobb, Mike Evans, um, Brandon Cooks. You know, personally, uh, we're only starting two wide receivers and a flex. I would take one, maybe two more at the most, load up on those running back tickets. We've already got C.J. Anderson, and that's all we've got. Now, after we took Cooks in the fourth round, Joseph Randall came flying off the board right after him. Um, Some other running backs you'd expect, T.J. Yeldon, uh, Carlos Hyde, Amir Abdullah, my boy, end of the fourth round. Doug Martin went uh, top of the fifth. Doug Martin was one of the guys I was hoping to be able to snag in the fifth round as my RB2, watching him Monday, able to squirt through the line. He looked great. Uh, so now we've got a big decision. Uh, at this point in the fifth round, uh, running back is getting a little getting a little murky. Do we take a high upside pick? I think my highest rated guy right now would be a Todd Gurley, uh, who could, should he be healthy at some point, be a monster. And, you know, at this point, as a running back two, which is a position, if we load up on it now, you know, it could be a streaming position. I think I've got Geo and Todd Gurley next to each other. I, I'm still a believer in a, the workload Geo's going to get, but with recent news, uh, you know, like today's news, I'm thinking I might have to push him down a little bit. Uh, and then there's also Chris Ivory, 
who's been looking very, very good in preseason, has been the beast of the East, and you know he he'll be a consistent contributor. So the the question is, do you go high upside of Gurley, or do you go soft and slow of Chris Ivory? One thing with Beast East, he's actually caught some passes, which not a lot of people give him credit for. Now, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, which I cannot recommend enough, he's going third pick of the fifth round just a couple of weeks ago. This is a riser, right? Some rise, some fall, some climb to get to Terrapin, if you're a Grateful Dead fan. Uh, Chris Ivory is a riser. Uh, a few short weeks ago, he was going at the tail end of the seventh. According to Fantasy Football Calculator, he's the third pick of the fifth. ESPN has him ranked uh, 6.6. So he is still on the board. But looking at my tiers, I do have Gurley higher. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned how slow they're going to take him. But that could be possibly a handcuff situation maybe for us with the Trey Mason uh, a little bit later. I definitely wish we would have, uh, in that second round, went with Jeremy Hill because the yes. the wide receivers yes. on the board right now are, are stacked. I mean, Keenan Allen, uh, Breda Marshall, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Allen Robinson, Vincent Jackson, Martavis Bryant even. These guys are all, all solid, solid wide receiver twos, threes, flexes. And yep. if we would have had Jeremy Hill at running back, oh, my gosh, this team would be loaded right now. I, I, well, could, I couldn't have ran the board with a Keenan Allen pick any faster there. Going back in time, as Huey Lewis in the news once sang, uh, I did like Hill as my first pick there, but I didn't have a problem taking Cobb. 2020 being you know your best vision. Man, if you can lock up two of your top five running backs or even two of your top ten running backs, that's some pretty hot stuff. And there are some wide receiver gold to be had later. Nelson Aguilar, I think, is a late-round gem. Uh, Charles Johnson. There are some other wide receivers that you can get late round. And and like I say, folks, you don't need that many wide receivers. If I'm starting two, maybe I'm loading up four. If I'm starting three, maybe I'm getting five. I want the running back. So like you say, hindsight is 20-20. Once again, we've got C.J. Anderson, Randall Cobb, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks. Uh, So we've got Gurley, Ivory, Bernard, Jennings, Bell. Uh, The high guy on the, the wide receiver would probably be Keenan Allen, maybe a Deshaun Jackson. What are you thinking? Are you thinking running back, or do you want to even go somewhere else on the board? Uh, I mean, my boy Kelsey is available, but I like to get him more in the sixth round. But since this is a standard league, we could look, start looking at Kelsey. We could maybe you know look at the quarterback position, but I just won't because it's not worth it. I would swing for the fences here. I would take the girly man. Uh, and then we could, you know, back it up either in the next round or the round after that and get two pretty highly decent running backs, uh, lock in the running back two position. And should everything look, work out with Gurley, you know, we'll have a high end running back too. I, I like it with the Gurley. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the highest one on the board. Greg Olson's gone. Graham's gone. Gronk is gone. But, but man. 
tight end is just disco gold. There are so many tight ends that I think you're going to be fine with. I will say big drop-off after Kelsey. Big drop-off after Kelsey. But I, I like the way you play if you're swinging for the fences. Folks, I want to win my league. I don't want to come in fourth or third. And personally, I think if you can survive the first half of the season and Gurley comes out hot and heavy in the second half, that could lock you up. That could be your home run hitter. So we going Gurley here? Oh, yeah. In hindsight, I'm going to go with Kelsey. but <laughs> Did I, ch- I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. We went with Gurley. Again, there's that huge drop. Just looking at my tiers quickly for tight ends. I've got Kelsey number two. But honestly, uh, the ones that are gone, you know, Gronk, uh, Graham, Kelsey, those are the big ones, Greg Olson, and after that, it kind of falls. I've got a few strange picks in my Tier 3, but uh, Kelsey is definitely a cliff in the tight end factory. So we loaded up with Gurley, seventh pick of the fifth round. Right after that, my boy Joyke Bell went, then Beast East. The only other running back taken was in the sixth round, Rashad Jennings. Huge wide receiver run. Deshaun Jackson, Martavis Bryant went in the fifth, which, uh, boy. That'll, that'll change. He'll probably go in the seventh or eighth round range uh, with this recent suspension news. But not everything is as fast as Pyro. Let me tell. Let me ask you this. Wheaton, uh, a few weeks ago, we all heard the Big Ben news saying that Wheaton's going to be the number two. Uh, Martavis, he's going to be coming out, and Wheaton will move to the slot in three wide. That started ADPs moving. Now we got this four-game suspension. Let's say that four-game suspension sticks. You taking Bryant before Wheaton? Any day day of the week. With the four-game suspension. It's a standard league, right? What matters? Touchdowns? How many is Marcus Wheaton getting? Five? Yep, without without PPR, you're right. That is a huge advantage for Bryant. My only concern when guys miss games uh, due to suspensions, if they get tweaked, if they get nicked, if they get any little thing, it could be detrimental. Keenan Allen also gone. Of course, our boy Kelsey went second pick of the sixth round. Martellus Bennett went in the sixth round as well. Uh, Tony Romo off the board. So. We are comfortably in the sixth round. We basically got our running backs filled out, Anderson and Gurley. We've got our wide receivers, Cobb and Evans, and then Brandon Cooks is at our flex. Now, I am not inclined personally to go for anything other than uh, running back or wide receiver unless something is really jumping out at me. Yeah, I don't, I don't see much jumping out uh Something that could jump out to you is a Ben Roethlisberger on the board right now. We're we're getting to the sixth round. I, I with recent news, I had Ben Roethlisberger pushed all the way up to fourth. Like the fourth running back is the cursed position because once they get put in the fourth uh, QB in my tears, something happens. Cam Newton had uh, you know what's his name, Kelvin Benjamin go down the second I put him at four. And then Ben Roethlisberger had Martavis Bryant lost for four games uh, because of that. I, I think right now I would have a tough time choosing between Gio Bernard and Isaiah Crowell in my tiers. But then there's a guy 
on the board who, if he only misses two to four weeks of an Arian Foster, could be an absolute game changer. It's one round too early for my liking, but my cojones say you should draft Arian Foster here. Yeah, highest wide receiver ranked right now, Brandon Marshall. Uh, they got a Macklin who I'm not liking. I love me some Allen Robinson. You know I love me some Vincent Jackson. But Arian Foster could be a game changer. I will also point out, we've got Gurley, who we know they're going to take it slow, and Mason is not that far behind. I think we could probably hold off on him, but he is coming up here pretty soon. Um, two to four weeks. Now, with Foster, chances are he's he's going to miss – more than that, um, there was a there was a great stat from uh, Sports Injury Predictor. Uh, if you are a running back one or two, basically a starter, and if you get hurt in the preseason, you have a seventy seven percent chance of getting re injured in the regular season. We all know Foster's a little brittle, but he could be a game changer late in the season. Uh, the thing is, he suffered that injury like three to four weeks ago already. They originally gave him a two month. It's a three-month timeline. So, yeah, four weeks would be a long time in. Like, you know, if he misses four games, that's two and a half months pretty much he missed. Uh, That's a long time away in his recovery. But I think he'll be back earlier than we expect. I don't doubt the vegan vegan prayer man, whatever you want to call him. But, yeah, hindsight is killing me right now. With this two-wide receiver setup, they are not coming off the board at all. I mean, Brandon Marshall's still sitting there in the sixth round. You know, these guys are still there in the sixth round. Here's something I'd like to debate with you. Jeremy Macklin or Allen Robinson? I'm taking Allen Robinson over Macklin. I would not. It, I just don't think with the now, <laughs> I'm not saying Bortles is the, is the end all. Oh, be you just all. did. I'm just saying, I do not think that Macklin, although he's got the familiarity with the coach, I don't think he can get it done with Smith. I think reports about Robinson have been phenomenal. I think he can get it done with a subpar quarterback, whereas I do not think Macklin can get it done. I'm taking Robinson in that situation. Jeremy Macklin is probably Allen Robinson three years down the line. That is something he should hope for. Okay, let's look at their situations, though. Both are going to be target monsters. Both of these guys could be in the 130 to 150 target range. Allen Robinson is not going to move around the formation nearly as much as Jeremy Macklin. Uh, Macklin this season has played running back, has played in the slot, has played on the inside, has played on the outside, uh, has played in motion. He's done everything. He's caught touchdowns. Uh, for the first you know, one from a wide receiver. The thing is, Macklin's flat out just going to be better than Allen Robinson. Maybe Allen Robinson catches up to Jeremy Macklin in a couple years, but this season, I, there's no chance that Allen Robinson is better than Jeremy Macklin. That's a tough one. Uh, once again, I think this is where we need some sort of board bet, but I'd be willing to put it down on put it, Robinson. Put it, put it on the board, Mo. Let's put it on the board. Let's put it on the board. I'm taking Robinson, regardless of injury, 
Yeah, the thing and, is, who is more likely to catch touchdown passes? And you, if you think it's Robinson, great, but I, I don't think so. I, th- I think my boy Macklin's going to keep playing like he's playing. Uh, too bad he's not even a discussion for us right now. I think we've got to go running back. There's no one, you know, at the tight end position that's a difference maker here for me. Uh, we've already got three wide receivers, as great as the value is. Maybe we can still get a top 30 guy in the next round and then pretty much be done with it for the day. But three guys are in my discussion. Gio, Isaiah Crowell, and Arian Foster. Whew, boy. I mean, with an early season... Uh, injury to a girly. Isaiah Crowell might be the safe pick with nobody to overtake him early. Arian Foster is what my cojones say. And Gio, you know, with recent news, I've, I've got to knock him down a couple slots on my tiers. I've got Crowell highest on my tiers, although I'm not a favorite of running back by freaking community there. Uh, they got three guys there, but although I'm going to say I've got Crowell highest on my tiers, I like what your I can't believe I'm going to say this. I like what your cojones say. However, I think we might need a little bit of balance here. We've already got a girly who might come out soft early season. I don't know if we want to take a foster who is guaranteed to come out soft early season. Now, just so the folks know, uh, if we're kind of arguing here between, you know, swinging for the fences with the Foster or uh, you even mentioned Gio, although I wouldn't take Gio. I, I would probably lean towards Isaiah Crowell. Uh, just so the folks know, Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan, Cam Newton's on the board, who's been falling lately, Eli Manning. And then tight end on the board, although I'm a big believer in waiting for tight end, uh, Jordan Cameron, Jason Witten, Walker. Thomas, Zach Ertz. I think we have plenty of time for that. Do you concur? So we're we're basically talking running back, yes? Yeah, let's take... I'm not even sold on taking Crowell this early. I mean... I bet you Crowell comes back. How about that? Can we play that? Can we, can we take an Arian Foster here, swing for the fences and take a safe guy? We'll take an Alfred Blue. We'll take a Trey Mason... We'll take him early just to have him. Uh, I'm guaranteed Trey Mason, he's looking like a 39th receiver, or I'm sorry, 39th running back. I, I'm guaranteeing he's going to come back. Um, so you you want to play gutsy. Again, if we're playing for first, we're playing for first. So you want to go with Foster. I mean, we already did it once. We should go with it twice. Stick with your guns, Mo. I like playing for first and not for third, but I also like having, it's all about the Greeks, my friend. The Greeks say to live a balanced life. They'd have those Dionysian festivals to let off some steam. Gotta live a balanced life. But if we're swinging for the fences, Aaron Foster's the batter. I mean, yeah. I've got one tattoo on my body. It says, I came, I saw, I conquered, you know, Vedi Vidi Vici. That, that's the only, that's my life motto. So, let's conquer. Alright, then, I came i saw i fostered oh i see what you did there you see what i did there do you like that do you like that that was clever okay so we rolled with foster so now the seventh round is where i might consider a quarterback 
if a Ben Roethlisberger is sitting there, if he's gone, then I don't really consider the position just yet. Uh, I wait. Oh, I can't even wait for an Eli Manning. Uh, Matt. Ro- okay, here's what happened in the last round. Let's see what five quarterbacks went off the board. Four quarterbacks. Uh, four. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, and a Tannehill. And all those guys came off the board before a Cam Newton. So we could reach. We could maybe take a Cam Newton here. I guess it's getting close to his ADP, close to the round you're supposed to take him. Or we could look back at that running back position, uh, take a safe early season guy. We could also look at tight end, maybe take the highest rated player there. Or, you know, take one of those values that keep dropping at wide receiver and pretty much be done with the position for the day. What are you thinking, Mo? Well, all right, tight end, I'm all for waiting. There's still Witten, there's Ertz, there's Eifert, Rudolph, there's all sorts of dudes. ASJ, uh, I'm a big believer in Owens. Um, wide receiver, there's a guy that I am just in love with, Nelson Aguilar. Now, i got to tell you, folks, we are in the middle of round seven. Seven. Is that round seven? Yes, sir. Yep. We're in the middle of round seven. Now, just recently, he has Nelson Aguilar, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, uh, a month ago, he was drafted in the middle of round seven, and he has bumped up to, to early round six. ESPN almost has him at the tail end of round six. I am a huge believer in Aggie. He's one of the guys that I am trying to scoop up. Uh, also of note... Alfred Blue, certainly with with uh, the news down there, he would be perhaps someone good since we swung for the fences, although I am not, as Will Farrell said, a, a blue boy. Um, I would rather go with Aguilar here, even though we've got a ton of wide receivers. Aggie is my boy. I love him. Some running backs to consider, but do you want to say something about Aggie? No, I have a real question for you because you've got two of your boys on the board right now. By the way, I win the bet, and Isaiah ah. Crowell came back to it. Came back to us. So the question is: Vincent Jackson's still on the board. I Nelson, love me some Vincent Jackson. Nelson Aguilar is still on the board. Who you taking, Mo? Boy, that is a tough one. Um, we do have I'm, a Mike Evans, so. I would never own both the guys on the same team, but at this point, they might. If uh, Evans were to be out a little longer, Vincent Jackson would be an elite uh, replacement. But we've also got that re- elite replacement of a Cooks already sitting in that flex spot. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, folks. This is how I do my tiers. I redo them, redo them. Uh, I'm going to go back through this after sitting down with a sage like Stags and and look at what we picked, look at what else went off the board and redo it. But honest to goodness, I've got Nelson Aguilar and Vincent Jackson back to freaking back. That's the way it always happens in a draft. You know that. I got Vincent Jackson 18. I still believe he is a top 20. Uh, go back and listen to some Great debates we've had, but I believe he's a top 20. I've got Nelson Aguilar 17, just in front of him. I am a huge believer in Aggie, um, and I agree with you. Now, there are teams where I don't mind doubling up on. I love stacking a quarterback and a wide receiver. Um, If you are on a high-powered offense, you know, Philly or something, I don't mind having a couple guys on the same team. But Tampa Bay, 
Personally, I do not want to have two Tampa Bay wide receivers. So that would settle the argument for me. I, I, I'm not sure we need necessarily another wide receiver since we've got three with a Cobb and Evans and a Cooks, but I think Aguilar is up for a huge year. Could be rookie of the year wide receiver. I think he is up for a thousand yard year easy. I'm not objecting with that. I do have Vincent Jackson slightly higher, but Vincent Jackson just isn't a sexy pick and isn't the type of guy, you know, we wrote about it today. We wrote uh, an article for Fantasy Pros, and when we originally wrote it up, we wrote it up saying, who's the wide receiver outside of the top 20 in ADP that could finish top 10? We originally wrote up Martavis Bryant uh, with the news of the four-game suspension. (laughs) We, we we sent in a Nelson Aguilar, uh, you know, revision. Revisionist history. You know, that's what we tried to go with there, Mo. So Re- Revision literally means to see again, and that's what we all need to do with our tears, to see again, to look at things again. And, boy, isn't it just like Murphy's Law? You do a big write-up on Martavis Bryant, and then the news hits? Yeah, it was, like, instantaneous, too. And these are both tier, you know... Nelson Aguilar is much higher on my tiers, so is a Vincent Jackson, than the current running back crop of an Isaiah Crowell. So I would say, let's roll the ball, let's go with Aggie, let's be real deep at wide receiver and I love going with Aggie. I, I will tell you my favorite Murphy's Law, just real quick, is uh, it's good to have beliefs. I believe I'll have another Valverde. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> It, well, yes, it is true. That's a Murphy's Law. It's good to have beliefs. I believe I'll have another beer. Oh. Um, I know. It's a good one, right? So just so folks are aware, down the board, and, and this is why one thing I do to my tiers, guys, I highlight strength of schedule. I highlight a color for top five, bottom five. I put in uh, an uh, a symbol if it's a rookie. I also put in a symbol if it's a handcuff. Now, depends on where you're drafting. If you're in a draft room, nobody's going to be sitting there and reminding you. Some places do, some don't. But we've got coming up very shortly a Trey Mason, and we've got coming up very shortly after that an Alfred Blue. Both of those would be handcuffs for us for our Foster and our Gurley. But I'm willing to bet they're going to be their highest-rated running backs on the board. Tevin Coleman, Isaiah Crowell, uh, Shane Vereen, Freeman, Matthews, Sankey, then Mason, and Aggie's then Blue's the pick, about four. Aggie's the pick. I'm just letting the people know, my friend. I'm letting the people know what's there. Aggie is indeed the pick, and that's the way we's going to roll. Yeah, I mean, I've got no problem taking him in the seventh round. The things he could you know, potentially do as a game changer would be awesome. Yeah, and, and now we got a little tight end run coming off the board. You get you know, Jason Witten, Owen Daniels, Tyler Eifert, but that leaves us with a pretty easy pick of a Zach Ertz if we want it. Uh, looking back at the running backs, now the top guys are like Shane Vereen after Tevin Coleman and Crowell just went off the board recently. So we could take another one of those handcuffs. Uh, we've got a, you know, we've got a Philly tight end or we've got a Philly wide receiver. Do we take a Philly tight end now? Do we wait a no. little bit? Do we consider, you know, a quarterback? What are That's- you thinking? That's one of the situations on a Philly, high-powered, Chip Kelly offense. 
I don't mind taking a wide receiver in a tight end. I think there's the pie is big enough for all. When you're talking about, you know, a, a Tampa Bay, I don't think the pie is big enough. But power in numbers, right? When you've got some of those high-powered offenses, I don't mind taking a couple guys off the same same team. One thing to point out here, Pyromaniacs, if you're listening, you should know this by now, but Seattle went 8.1 and Buffalo went 8.2. It's not worth it, guys. You, you, you're passing up on gold at those positions. Um, just wait until kicker and defense until the last couple of rounds. You know, it may be 14 <laughs> at earliest. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Kickers, I put up an interesting fact last year. 10 of the top 12 fantasy kickers came from the top 12 most scoring offenses. So that's a real easy way to narrow in on a kicker and real easy to stream defenses. And that's something we're going to be talking about uh, as the season goes on, streaming things like defense, tight end, quarterback. Now, looking at our team, still don't have a tight end, still don't have a quarterback, got no problem going with those guys later. Uh, Our wide receivers, I think we're sitting pretty, right? We've got Cobb, Evans, Cooks, and we've got our boy Aggie. Yep. I mean, uh, there is some options at wide receiver. Charles Johnson's still sitting there. But, you know, I think some points you just got to fill needs on your team. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we might be able to come back and snag them later. I mean, Vincent Jackson's still sitting in there on the board. So we could have one of the deepest wide receiver cores there is. But remember, still a standard league. You still have to start two running backs. And right now we have one starter and what three three half starters. Well, we've got three wide res- four wide receivers. So even though I love me some Vincent Jackson, I only think we maybe even need only one more. So I'm not in a rush to take it. Although I do love me some Vincent Jackson. I think he's going to be top 20. And I'm not super crazy about the running backs, and I'm not certain that the handcuffs are going to come around now. We've got Trey Mason. We might need him, especially early in the season with our girly pick. There's only four running backs ahead of Trey Mason, so he might go. And then just four picks behind that is Alfred Blue, another handcuff we might need. So I would be inclined between Shane Vereen, Devontae Freeman, who hasn't showed me anything. I do like Orion Matthews, um, although we do have an Aggie, but again, high-powered offense. Uh, I'm not taking Bishop Sankey. Uh, I would probably be inclined to do either a handcuff or quarterbacks. We've got Stafford, Rivers, Brady, Bradford. Uh, Love me some Bradford. And I don't, and I love me some Carson Palmer, so I think we've got time to wait on that. Zach Ertz. Now, this cat, I love. And again, we've already got Aggie. I think it's a team that we can double up on. I will say, Zach Ertz is one of those running backs that I've been following. Early on, he was the running back. Uh, no, Zach Ertz, tight end. Uh, early on, he was going. So he, the tight end is what I'm looking at, right? We've got um, Ertz, Dwayne Allen, Kyle Rudolph, Gates. Early on, 
three weeks ago. He was going middle of the seventh round. He is currently going fancy football calculator, ninth pick of the 11th round. ESPN has him ranked in the 10th. So Zach Ertz is the highest tight end on the board. Um, I would either say we are in the eighth round. I would either say let's handcuff a running back or take Ertz. The only thing I, the only thing I would lean for handcuffing is I still like me some uh, Kyle Rudolph. I like some ASJ. Uh, so I still think there's a few there. I know you like Hill, although he's falling. But uh, I'd probably say handcuffs since we played it so risky thus far. Uh, I've got no problem with that. I think my highest-ranked guy right now is, you know, of course, Bishop Sankey, Devonta Freeman, then Ryan Matthews, and then I've got Trey Mason a little bit further down the board. Uh, so here, here's a good question, then. I, too, have some of those guys rated higher. Does a handcuff supersede your ranks? Occasionally, and, and, and how often, I mean, it, it's never going to be the same, but would you be willing in this instance, since we've got a Todd Gurley who's going to miss early and a Foster who's going to miss early? The only guy we've got for sure running back starting is C.J. Anderson first week. So would you be willing to do some handcuffing here, Trey Mason or Alfred Blue, to forego, to jump, some of the other uh, running backs you got, which are actually higher. Here's the thing. I think Trey Mason has a role all season. Uh, I can't say that about Alfred Blue, uh, should Arian Foster come back. I actually have Trey Mason as my highest rated running back right now. I don't know if I like that. Though. I, Gurley is one of those guys who I'm very conflicted on. I think Trey Mason could do it all season, but he's just got a tough, tough division all season long uh, to to run against. Uh, that's one of the things that concerns me. Um, I have Bishop Sankey just behind a Trey Mason. So usually for me, I never take handcuffs. I always take starters on other teams. At this point, you know, we're pretty much so deep that the only real starters left are maybe a Devonta Freeman, a Bishop Sankey, and, you know, maybe an Alfred Blue early in the season, a Trey Mason early in the season. My vote would be for Trey Mason, lock up uh, a Rams running game on a Jeff Fisher team that I'm not sure is very good at passing the ball. I'm not sure if they're very good at running the ball, but I'm sure that's at least part of their identity. I'm all over some Trey Mason myself. Um, As the other handcuff option we had, I I, I don't like Blue. I, I really don't. He was rated by PFF as out of 125 running backs. He was the 25th worst in pass protection, and they're going to need some pass protection. I know they just went with Hoyer. Lord knows it could be Mallet, uh, so I don't see Blue necessarily being out there. Uh, I, I'm probably a little hard knocks biased, but I did like Polk. Um, there, there's also Grimes. I, I'm thinking it's probably running back by community down there, so by far – the safer handcuff is going to come um, with St. Louis in a Trey Mason. All right. Coming off the board just after we took our handcuff, Trey Mason. 
Got a lot of wide receivers. Had a big run. Fitzgerald, Bolden, Decker, Vincent Jackson. Boy, Victor Cruz. You take if Sags, are you taking Victor Cruz in the eighth round? He he went last pick of the eighth round. Uh I'm not. I, I don't know if there's a situation you can convince me into taking a Victor Cruz. Unless it's someone who takes salsa dancing lessons from in the off season. <laughs> Nor I, and uh, we one of our first shows, actually, I did some stats on the patella tendon injury, and it ain't good. And yes, folks, I'm an English teacher, and I'm using incorrect grammar to prove how bad it is. You just don't come back from that. Uh, some running backs went right after that. We've got our boy Alfred Blue went. Uh, Devonta Freeman. Ryan Matthews. I do like me some Matthews. Shane Vereen went, and uh, Danny Woodhead. You know, Woodhead... I love Woodhead. Let's not now. We're not going PPR, right? So he wasn't as big of a concern. But let's remind folks that two years ago he was a top twelve running back, and his third down work it pop possibly concerns me a little bit. Um, everyone has Melvin Gordon pretty high, but. I don't see how Melvin Gordon is going to stay on the field more than two downs with a Danny Woodhead there, personally. The thing is, he doesn't have to stay on the field for more than two downs to be, you know, valuable. That's the same thing Ryan Matthews did, you know, two years ago, pretty much in that same sort of role, just the first two downs. Uh, And he had like 1,200 rushing yards and was very, very good. Uh, the question is, will Melvin Gordon be able to get in the end zone, and will he be able to find the hole is the real question at this point. It's always a tough question, isn't it? Uh, depends on what you're talking about. I've been finding it since 16. So, sometimes I need a map, a compass, a flashlight. i got to send up a flare to figure out where the hell I am. Uh, let's just continue on, though. We are rolling into the ninth round here. My pick right now would be a Zach Ertz, pretty much with no hesitation in the ninth round. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about his, you know, sports hernia injury, but I have him as a top uh, eight tight end this season. Everybody else who I think is even in his class is way gone. So I would jump on the opportunity to select the Zach Ertz uh, and, and not fret too much about it. I would even do that without having a quarterback. Yeah, let's talk about that. So we've got tight ends. Zach Ertz, Dwayne Allen, Kyle Rudolph, Gates, uh, ASJ, Donnell Hill. Now, uh, they've kind of flip-flopped. Eifert and Ertz. Eifert currently going at 10.06. He's already off the board. ESPN, folks, has Eifert rated outside their 200. If you're drafting in a 12-man league, 16 rounds, I believe you got 192 picks. They've got him rated at 250. So I don't think ESPN's accurate there. Heck, he went before Zach. Zach, not too long ago, was going in the eighth, uh, I'm sorry, seventh round, eighth pick. Currently, Fantasy Football Calculator has him end of the 11th. ESPN has him in the 10th. And lo and behold, here we are in the middle of the ninth round, and we've got Ertz staring us at the face. I don't think he's going to be there when we get back. Um, just to give the, let the folks know, uh, what's there. We, we certainly need to, to fill some running backs, I think, although I think Ertz is going to be our pick. Bishop Stanky is still there. Got some Duke Johnson. I love what Duke can do, although I hate the community there. I like David Cobb way better than Stanky. Reggie Bush, Sims, McFadden, David Johnson. 
Now, here's one for you, buddy. Here's two for you. I would say we only need one more wide receiver. We've got Charles Johnson, who is the highest wide receiver on the board. We've also got a John Brown. I love me both of those guys. However, do you think it's wiser to go with the positional difference, the difference that a Zach Ertz is going to give you over the next guy down versus a Charles Johnson over the next guy down? I still think after Charles Johnson, you know, you can get a Michael Floyd, you can get a Devin Funchess, uh, a Kendall Wright, who I, I like, uh, an Eddie Royal, who I think will put up numbers for you. I just don't know after Zach Ertz who I can rely on to put up numbers for me. Uh, I have Kyle Rudolph as my tight end in one of my leagues right now in a PPR league, and he's my only tight end, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, it's the only, like, it's like I wish I would have went around earlier, grabbed somebody like an Eifert, and I'd feel a little bit better to this day. Uh, right now, is here's where I'd take the plunge on Sam Bradford in the 10th round. Uh, yeah, there's a David Cobb sitting there. Yeah, there's a Tom Brady sitting there. So let's say we, we took Ertz in the 9th, folks. So, right, let's just, just real quick, going back over. First round, we went C.J. Anderson. Round two, Randall Cobb. Round three, Mike Evans. Took our third wide receiver in round four with Brandon Cooks. We got a swinging for the fences, Todd Gurley, in round five. We got a swinging for the fences, Arian Foster, round six. Nelson Aggie, whom is one of my dogs, in round seven. Trey Mason, doing a little security there. Got him in round eight. Zach Ertz, who we just took in round nine. Since then. Got a lot of running backs. Uh, Stanky went, McFadden, Duke Johnson, Andre Williams, Sproles, uh, D'Angelo Williams. So we're still in need of a quarterback. Rivers and Stafford are both gone. I can still stream. I know Carson Palmer is still there. Still think we need running backs. So uh, what are you thinking, my friend? I think we we go quarterback. The question is, do we take a Tom Brady now, wait two rounds, and take a Carson Palmer for his easy uh, early season schedule? Or do we lock in a position with a Bradford at least early in the season and then back it up with somebody maybe a little bit safer? Or do we try and go for a Bradford and Brady pair? Now, to me, I'm drafting one quarterback. Now, are you saying if you draft now completely, if you're going with Brady, you're going to need to draft two. Are you saying you want to draft two if you take Brady? If we let let me give you this: if we grabbed Bradford or if we grabbed Palmer, would you feel the need to draft another quarterback? You mean two quarterbacks coming off ACL injuries? Yeah, yeah, I would. Uh, I don't usually do it, but guys with giant concerns. If I get one of the top 12 guys, I don't care to do it, but guys in the 15 range where I have a couple question marks, I like to do it. But don't you think, I mean, so we're looking at Brady, Bradford, we've got Cappy, Kaepernick, which the nickname I think should really go to uh, Cameron Artis Payne, if you ask me. Uh, But we've also got uh, Bridgewater there, Flacco, Carson Palmer, Cutler. Now, if you ask me, if we draft one of those guys, I don't see the need in taking a second because I believe a lot of those very same caliber quarterbacks are going to be available on the waiver wire 
as soon as the season starts. So personally, I don't see a need to draft a number two. I, I think it changes a little bit when you have guys that are injury prone. And if I can get two high upside guys like a Tom Brady and Bradford, who I might be able to deal later, I like it. Uh, plus, I feel so locked in with our four wide receivers that we have that I have no need to draft a fifth ever. So that adds, that adds an extra roster spot for me. And I know usually if I'm making a trade later in a season, I can upgrade somebody's quarterback position later. You know, that's one of the bonuses of doing it. You just throw a quarterback, throw in, you know, like, oh, he's already better than my quarterback, but he's not ever going to start on your team. And you just got, you know, you just steal a running back two from somebody later for a combination of, a, you know, Sam Bradford and, you know, I don't, uh, whoever we decide to deal off. See, I don't think quarterbacks make great trade bait. Uh, and, and personally, Until in mock goes down. It well, and okay, I could see where you would want it, but I think when yours goes down, chances are you're going to get it off the waiver wire. Now, this is where I think mock drafts do a disservice. I think in real live drafting, quarterback is the one position that goes more quicker, faster, harder. I think quarterbacks are going to draft be drafted earlier than you think, and I think they're going to be more taken than you think. So we're already talking Tom Brady. We're in that category, Sam Bradford. I don't think if we draft two, we're going to lock up a trade bait. I don't think somebody who's got a quarterback is going to want to trade for us because I think they're already going to have something on waivers that's just about as good. People don't realize how good waivers are at quarterback. They, they just don't. Uh, exactly. That's that's why I like the, the drafting one and then streaming if we need. That's fine. But the thing is, if, you know, a top 10 sort of quarterback goes down, if Cam Newton struggles a little bit early without, uh you know, his top target in Kelvin Benjamin, you can sell these guys off, even though there's just as good of a guy on the waiver wire. You can always sell a quarterback if you try. See, and boy, I I just don't know about that. I think it it depends on the caliber quarterback. If you've got one of the higher-end caliber quarterbacks, you're darn right. You can sell them off. We're already talking on the the site we're using, uh, Fantasy Pros Drafts uh, Wizard, rated Tom Brady 14th. We're already talking 14th. I don't think we have a high enough stock to, to trade later. I don't think trade bait... Is there? I think trade bait exists in the quarterback at 10 or above. First off, as soon as your draft is over, draft position matters not. You know, where you got a guy does not matter worth a shit. It just depends on how they're producing for you now. That is the only thing that matters. Can Bradford perform at a top five rate during the season? Yes. Can Tom Brady perform at a top five rate during the season? Yes. Can Kaepernick have a stretch like that? Ah, maybe. You know, Teddy Bridgewater had a top ten stretch. You know, these guys, as they're performing during the season, will increase their value. Remember one thing, guys. Like, once the draft is over, somebody, that's your eighth, that was your eighth round pick for my fourth round pick. That shit does not matter. As soon as your draft takes place. 
Folks, you turned in to see who shot Mr. Burns. Let's see how this one turns out. Now, I will say we've got Tom Brady staring us in the face, a Bradford, Bridgewater, Palmer, even a Cutler. I'm loving those guys. Let's compare it to, so we need a quarterback for sure. So maybe we're having this uh, debate even a little too early. Nope. Um, I would go Bradford here. Okay, no so, well, questions. Like, okay, so, well, those are the quarterbacks that are available. Versus the running backs, Cobb, Bush, Sims, David Johnson. Now, I like me some David Johnson. And uh, Jonas Gray, we need an early guy. I know you love him first week. I like some Matt Jones. Honestly, I think because there are – Tom Brady is the only one I think that might go between now and the next round. I think 13 quarterbacks are gone. This is round 10. It's a 12-man league. 13 quarterbacks are gone. I'd be willing to bet that only Tom Brady is the one that's gonna going to go. Uh, maybe Bradford, but I doubt it. I think Bradford's going to hang on. Uh, so personally, I would probably scoop up a David Johnson right here. You want to throw the dice and roll a grab a running or Tom Brady, but I, I want to kind of see if we grab one running back. I think Brady might be the only one that goes. Bradford is so much higher on my tiers than Brady right now. It's not even funny. Oh uh, yeah, mine too. But I am thinking here they've got him rated higher. I mean, I, Sam Sam Bradford, ESPN has him ranked fifteen point ten. Yeah, we're in we're in the tenth round. At this point, I don't give a crap about anybody else's rankings. Like, I draft how I want to draft when I want to draft. I don't. At, once the tenth round comes around, people throw rankings out of the door. They they draft guys they want. Uh, ADP doesn't really matter as much. They're just going to take guys they feel comfortable with whatever site they read feels comfortable with. And that's just how people draft late in the rounds. Uh, so when I get up there late, I, I know what I want to do. I want to take, you know, my top guy. I'd much rather lock in a top guy at the position than go scrambling. Basically, middle round running backs are equal to end of line running backs in terms of what they provide for you in terms of fantasy points at the end of the season. There's no reason to take a guy in the 10th. You can get the same exact guy uh, two or three rounds later. Wow. My draft strategy, I am always looking at what the ADP is, seeing if I can't push it a little more. It's a gamble. If somebody's going in the 13th and we're in the 10th, then I'm going to probably look elsewhere figuring he's going to come back to me. That, People still look at ADPs. They look at what's available to them, especially if you're not drafting in the same room. If you're drafting online and ESPN is only showing you the rankings, that's another thing I do. I put the round that ESPN, or if I'm in a CBS online draft, I put the round that CBS lists them in so I know who is being shown on my opponent's screen. If I know that there are nine running backs being shown on my opponent's screen before the guy I want, I can gamble elsewhere figuring my guy's going to come back to me. That's the gambler in me. Here's the thing. I, I'm speaking more to live drafts. Uh, if you don't do a live draft, you should do it. It's a lot better than doing online drafts. I understand that guys live in different places, and that sucks a little bit. Just try and have a live draft. It's worth it. Uh, it's one of the best things you could do with your buddies. 
And once in a live draft, if, you know, guys are just going off different pieces of paper, then stuff goes out the window. But when you do it online and stuff's force-fed to you, I, I agree with you there. All right, so let's let's lock this up then. Do you want to take a Brady or a Bradford or a David Johnson? Personally, I think the the only one that's not going to come back is Brady, and I would take David Johnson myself because I like plenty of the other quarterbacks. I like me some Palmer. I think we can get him. I would take up David Johnson. I'm not even sure David Johnson would be the highest guy on my tiers at this point. So. Well, we've got Cobb, Bush, Sims, uh, Roy Hulu, Nile Davis, Fred Jackson, Jonas Bray, Polk, Robinson. Yeah, there's just a litany of guys that have... My, my choice would just very easily be Bradford. Uh, there's a point that comes where the value of a Bradford in the you know 10th round is just insane. You know, the quarterback for the Eagles is going to put up numbers. Bradford, last time I checked, is the quarterback for the Eagles. You love your boy, Aggie. Get, let's get a little Philly Town connection. You want to stack them? All right. I will just tell the folks right now, uh, just about three weeks ago, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, Bradford was going second pick of the 12th round, currently going exactly where we are. He's currently going... 10.01, first pick of the 10th round. Again, I think Fantasy Football Calculator has their finger on their pulse. They're the, one of the most up-to-date. Uh, ESPN has Bradford rated back of the 15th. So let's go ahead and wrap up Bradford. Uh, explain to the folks why we want to get him with Aggie. Uh, for the, the newbie out there, Stags, what's, what's stacking? Uh, just getting a quarterback to wide receiver connection. Uh, you know, sometimes you get double points if they score touchdowns. So, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, we'll see. But Aggie I'll, might not be in our starting lineup very much at all anyways. <laughs> all right. I, I begged a different, but oh, wow. Now, I said not many quarterbacks are going to go. We took Bradford. Tom Brady went show enough. And look at this. Bridgewater went. Joe Flacco went. Carson Palmer went. So, Staggs, my hat is tipped to you because we may have missed out on a quarterback that's one thing guys i think quarterbacks blow they go quick and i think lots of people are going to take a quarterback uh even if your adp says different uh you got to watch out they go faster so anyone else of note go that you were kind of looking at my boy um is still there the only two running backs that went were david cobb and reggie Bush. Uh, of note, I, I do like. Of note, Charles Johnson just slipped to the eleventh round, uh, which hurts me to say because you know we don't really need it. I, I know it hurts to say, but oh, Charles Johnson. Yeah, you're right. Charles Johnson was just taken in the eleventh round. Yeah, taken, taken. I, I mean, that hurts me. Uh, like it pains me. He should be going higher than that. Uh, yeah. Real interesting on the Vikings receivers, they just switched. Fantasy Football Calculator. Charles Johnson is now going at the top of the seventh, where Mike Wallace is going at the back of the seventh. Uh, ESPN has him flip-flopped. But I think you're going to see Charles Johnson going earlier. So let's, uh, you know, right now, David Johnson and Charles Sims would be my top two uh, running backs under consideration, uh, potentially you know, later they could have impact, but I know that they'll have a little bit 
from week one, especially with Chris Johnson hampered by a you know a hamstring already. Charles Sims will at least be a th- the third down back uh, a little bit here. They're going to get him involved in some way, even though he looks terrible whenever he touches the ball. Uh, I think right now my actually highest rated guy would be Matt Jones. I like me some Matt Jones, uh, but personally I, I don't see them going away from Alf, not this year. Uh, I like some David Johnson. The thing is, Matt Jones is already the third down back. That That's his role. Uh, he's already locked in as their third down pa- uh, pass protector, locked in as their third down receiving back. So I know he has a role from day one. I don't know what David Johnson's role is, if anything, from day one. He did mix in with the ones, though, uh, in that preseason game, too, which does lead me to believe there might be something. But I would be willing to take a chance that Matt Jones comes back with 10 running backs ahead of him, uh, according to the current draft site. That's what I was just going to say. So let's roll the dice, Mo. Yep, there's about an eight-man difference. Let's see if he comes back. We're taking David Johnson, which I like. And we're going to see if Matt Jones comes back, which I got to believe he does. And this is why, folks, you got to pay attention to those ADPs and the sites that you're on. We took a David uh, Johnson from Arizona. We were hoping Matt Jones came back. He did indeed. The only ones that went were uh, Niall Davis, Monte Ball, who is falling. Hillman is the backup if uh, we were going to take a uh, handcuff to C.J. Anderson. In fact, uh, Ball is battling for fourth spot right now, and uh, Fred Jackson went as well. So on our team, we pretty much got them filled out. We've got Bradford, C.J. Anderson, Todd Gurley. We've got Randall Cobb, Mike Evans, Zach Ertz, Brandon Cooks on our bench. Arian Foster looking down the line. Same thing with, um, well, I guess Nel- uh, Trey Mason. We've got him locked up early. We've got Nelson Aguilar, David Johnson. My my choice here has already been made last round. It's uh it's a Matt Jones. Matt Jones, I've got no problem with that. I like me some Matt Jones. They like him, although I still think they are gonna run Alf into the ground this year. Um I think Matt Jones is gonna really peak next year. Now, just so everybody knows, Matt Jones, he's still kinda of far down the line. Don't uh, we, care. One, two, three, four, five, six, six in front of them, but we're going with them because I do like Matt Jones. That's a good choice. Uh, now we're going to have a big decision to make. We're getting up to what? Six running backs with the selection of, a, or the, is he our fifth? Well, we've got a starter of Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson. We've got Arian Foster. So Matt Jones will be our sixth. Trey Mason. That is correct. And David Johnson, and then finally the it just caught up with us. Matt Jones was our sixth. I I still we've got two bench spots. I don't think we need another wide receiver unless there is a giant wide receiver that's jumping at us. Yeah, uh, Brian Quick would be an option here for me uh, as a late round guy. He's like he averaged like twelve and a half fantasy points a game when he was healthy last season, which was nice. Uh, but then right now I'd probably take that chance. I'd lock up another handcuff, uh, even though I don't really like to do it. Uh, my choices right now are between Buck Allen and uh, you know Ronnie Hillman. Just the way I I've been watching Ronnie Hillman run these days, you know, has me a little bit excited. But 
uh, Buck Allen's, you know, a tier ahead of him for me. Well, let's say who we've got. We've got Ter- uh, running backs, Terrence West, Chris Polk, uh, Kiri Robinson, Buck Allen, Ronnie Hillman, Dunbar, Chris Johnson, Talia Farrell, even a Stephen Ridley. Wide receivers, Brian Quick, Eddie Royal, who I really like, Eddie Royal, with the news in Chicago. Terrence Williams, Stevie Johnson, Kenny Stills, uh, Reuben Randall, uh, Marcus Wheaton. There could be another one. But, like you say, we've got C.J. Anderson and Hillman is the handcuff to have in Denver, not Ball. Hillman is the handcuff to have. Do we need another handcuff? you want to roll that way? I, I, if I draft C.J. Anderson, I try to get a Ronnie Hillman because I'm fairly convinced that it's a, it's a system thing more so than a running back thing. Uh, and, you know, they've got plenty of running backs. I like pretty much all of their talent. Uh, but Ronnie Hillman's you know, just rocking it out right now in the preseason, which has me excited. But the thing is, the question is, Buck Allen, who I think could be a starter, or Ronnie Hillman, who's a clear handcuff. Two other ones I want to bring up. I like the Hillman because he is clearly the handcuff to C.J. Anderson. But I love me some Cameron artist. Payne, he's the cap. I don't think Jay Stewart is long for the NFL, long for the season. I think he's going to be getting the carries there. Uh, the other guy I saw, well, probably Eddie Royal if we were going to take a wide receiver. Yeah, my, my vote is for one of those two guys. Not really close. Cameron Artis Payne's. I'm not convinced he'd carry a whole load. Uh, they might have said that, but he just doesn't seem like a guy who's you know, built to take that sort of workload. He's always kind of had another guy with him there at Auburn, whether it was Trey Mason two years ago. He's always more of a complimentary back than he is a true, you know, workhorse. So we'll see if he should go down. I don't, I'm not a big believer in it, um, him taking over the entire role. I do like me some Cameron Artis Payne, but if we're talking handcuff, Ronnie Hillman, who is definitely the handcuff with C.J. Anderson, we've got Aaron Foster, and there's a Chris Polk. Now, he looked good. He looked better than Blue did. So uh, That was Fox, game two. Blue looked pretty awesome in game one, so it's hard to really say as a whole. Um, currently I would, on, on the site we're on, Polk is rated as the 54. Fifth running back, and Hillman is rated as the 61st on Fantasy uh, fantasy Pros. I would say uh, I, I agree. I, I like the system. I don't like so much the running backs there in Houston, so I say we lock up a Hillman. Boop, boop. Come on, Ronnie. Join my team. We got some nice handcuffs going. So as the system catches up uh i don't even think we need to necessarily draft uh the the defense and the kicker um once again i'm going to say with kickers folks look at the stats uh last year the 10 of the top 12 fantasy kickers came from the top 12 scoring offenses so you look at offenses that score a ton of points and then the guys that are inside and there's your kicker i did a post on it on twitter at pyromaniac mo i will do another post about it again i don't think it's rocket science i put that in the tweet uh you want points for kickers and you want indoor kickers and that's about it that's the equation 
So I don't even think we need to necessarily go with kickers just for time and defense. We'll probably pick one just so you can see how the team pans out. But we've got one pick left on the bench. We've got Sam Bradford as our quarterback. We've got C.J. Anderson as a running back, as well as Todd Gurley, uh, Arian Foster, Trey Mason, David Johnson, Matt Jones, and Ronnie Hillman. So we've got two handcuffs. Wide receivers, we've got Randall Cobb, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks. We've got my boy Nelson Aguilar. And I believe that's it. And then we've got Zach Ertz. So another bench spot. If you're asking me without even looking, I'm going to go running back. But let's just take a look and see who's available. Now, if you're going to ask Staggs, he might want to back up our quarterback of Sam Bradford. Available. Nope, nope. there's nobody worth backing him up for me. Well, unless our audience has ESP, uh, the only ones that are available are Colin Kaepernick, Jay Cutler, Andy Dalton, uh, Jemias, famous Jemias. Jameson. I, I know, I was being funny. And Alex Smith, Rob, uh, RG3, Bortles, Nick Foles. So I concur now that we've said all the, the quarterbacks, although I do like Kaepernick and I do like Cutler this year, they're going to be on the waivers there. So running backs available. I don't know how to say no. We need to go with three handcuffs. We've got a Chris Polk there, although I did like him. We've got Lance Dunbar, uh, pass catcher, great line he's running behind. Um, some other guys of note, Robinson Shoelaces looked good in the season. My boy is there. Personally, I would go with Cap, Cameron Artis Payne, if I'm looking at uh, wide receivers, Brian Quick, or Eddie Royal. I like his situation. I do like me some uh, Reuben Randall or Marcus Wheaton. Here's the thing. Right now, I would take a guy who I don't think will be on uh, on waivers in week one. Uh, okay. There's a reason for that. Zach Ertz might not be healthy for week one, which has me a little concerned. He's coming off a little off-season procedure here uh, in the last couple weeks, a little sports hernia surgery. I would take a Ladarius Green uh, with the you know four-game injury to Antonio Gates, like, I would just lock in a guy who's not, by the time week one rolls around, he will be in somebody's lineup, and I'd rather he be in ours than be in somebody else's. And then, you know, once Zach Ertz is back and healthy, then I can make other arrangements, but my vote would be Ladarius Green. But here's the thing, if if uh, Ertz is not healthy, we're going to be able to pick uh, anybody. Larry Donnell, Jordan Reed, Rivera, uh, Richard Rogers, all those guys are available. And Ladarius and, Green is the best of them for week one. But I don't think Ladarius Green gets the boost. I think Stevie Johnson gets the boost from Gates's departure. Yeah, and, but they're still going to throw the ball to the tight end like they always do. I think I don't think he's going to get the boost. L- look I at Ladarius Green's stats without uh, Antonio Gates, and they're very good. Like four for seventy. And Stevie Johnson's going to get the bigger boost still if, that's a big if, if Ertz is not available week one, we've got plenty that we can stream. Let's take a guy like a Royal who's going to have a major step up because of injury situations or a Cameron Artis Payne who I like. I think Royal is honestly our guy or a Wheaton. Uh, Eddie Royal's injured right now too. Everybody on Chicago is injured. Eddie Royal mainly is injured too. 
Okay, we're not talking pup in for the whole season like we are Kevin White. He has Royal a hip pointer. He's playing oh, with oh. Smoke and Jay Cutler. He had his best season with Smoke and Jay. I think Royal is by far one of the picks to take. Eddie Royal, ESPN has him going in the 11th round. Uh, Fantasy Football Calculator has him going in the 8th round. Here we are in the 14th, and we can take him. My bet is Eddie Royal all day. I think the tight ends are... All the same, basically. And I don't think Luke Green is the, is the guy that's going to get the biggest boost. And I don't even think he might get picked. I think he might even be available. And Larry Donnell is just as good. Not or for Rivera. Not for the matchup. By the time week one comes around, Ladarius Green, by the time you get ready to pick him up, by the time you get deciding on who you're going to drop to pick up our week one starter at tight end, because Zach Ertz most likely is not going to be there for week one, Ladarius Green should be long gone. And if he's not there, I think we're going to pick up someone who is just as good of a caliber, whereas Eddie Royal is going to give us a long term because White, chances are, is not going to be there all year, so why not pick up a number two? You're thinking short term. You're thinking week one. I'm thinking all year. Here's the thing. 14th spot on a roster is a short-term spot. You cannot think about the 14th spot as... Uh, a guy you're going to keep around all season. He's either a lottery ticket that's going to pay off early, or you're going to get rid of him, or else you have no flexibility in your roster unless somebody gets injured. Exactly. If <laughs> Exactly. That's why we can pick up somebody off the waivers if we need him for Ertz. Why not take a Royal who could be a home run hitter? Because Eddie Royal's never been a home run hitter. It's not PPR. He's probably not going to score seven or eight touchdowns again. Boy. And I'm the hometown boy here. I'm the hometown boy here. I should be high on Eddie I just don't see Ladarius Green. I think it's going to be Stevie Johnson that's going to benefit from the Gates departure. Not Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green has never stepped up. I've been waiting and waiting for him. I think it's going to be Stevie Johnson. I think Eddie Royal is going to get the larger boost. He's going to be by far better trade bait. If not him, I would go with Cap because I'm all about, I think we've got a ton of wide receivers. I think we can stream a tight end. And if worse comes to worse, I would take a lottery ticket with Cap. Cap. All right, we'll go the opposite. Let's see. Uh, I guarantee Eddie Royal's going to go. I'm not so sure Ladarius will go. So we took Cap. Tension is mounting, folks. Thus far, we did not see any of our boys go. Kevin White actually went, though. Yeah, Kevin White did go. Interesting. Uh, well, let's let's just round this son of a gun out. We've got defenses and kickers. Uh, defense kicker. Uh, Goskowski? I would Gunner. take the early kicker and take a Goskowski. I like it. And then I would wait, you know, next round and pick up a defense. If there's no great defenses left that I like for long-term ability, I would look, you know, for a streaming option early in the season. And one of the best is Indy. We've got Baltimore, Cincy, KC, Philly, Detroit, Indianapolis. I do like them. They've got a very weak division. Uh, so I've got no problem taking Indy. And Indy, early in the season, their schedule is powder soft. So I know I'm going to be streaming a defense 
I'm looking for best week one plays. So Indy would be my choice. Okay. Draft completed. We will uh, post these. I do just want to see if it was easier to see. I was betting that Royal would go. He didn't. He did not go. And uh, who was your boy who you wanted to take a tight end? Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green. He did not. He did not go either. I just think by the time that week one rolls around and somebody else needs a tight end, your first grab should be a Ladarius Green. I'll tell you who did go though. Cap, my boy, Cameron Artist Payne. So that's because we I, took him. You're darn right. <laughs> we took him with our last pick. That's right. He was our uh, he was our debate, uh, our, our, our straw that broke the camel's back. So we could have an interesting week one. Uh, we're going to post this uh, these results, and uh, hopefully it, it did you well. Uh, you can see who the other teams picked, and you can see who we picked. And Stags, again, man, it's been great to have you back. Uh, any, any last parting words, sir? Nah, it's time for bed now. I might go get a quesadilla or something, a late-night taco stand. Yeah, one thing about Chicago, I like those late-night taco stands. You guys have lots of options. Uh, I'm just north of Michigan State. Uh, you'd think they'd have some stuff, but uh, you got to go right downtown. So, as always, if you've enjoyed the pyro goo that we sling for you, then please leave a review. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, and Stitcher. Of course, we've got loads of free content on Pyromaniac, the, the, the main site, plus our draft kit, which obviously helps you dominate D-Day, but it's also a font of data points during the season, strength of schedule, player write-ups, TD dependency, and the team tendencies are out-of-sight geek-tastic buried with all kinds of data points. Plus, we've got the all-powerful subscription service Pyro Pro. Check out the website for more details. We are just getting that thing rocking, and trust me, folks, you will split your lip when your jaw drops upon seeing what this thing will do for you. Stags, it's been a pleasure reuniting with you, sir. Uh, I feel like my, my life is complete again. My, my heart is whole, and I can go to bed a happy man. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Stags is, is, is too choked up for tears. We will see you on the next time of the Pyro Light Episode 9 coming at you next week. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.